What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And my guest today is mayoral candidate Valerie Faust, mayoral candidate in the city of Albany. And she's going to be talking about gun violence in the city. So, Valerie, it's pretty shocking the amount of shootings that are going on. Do you find it a little bit shocking? I find it more than shocking. It's unbelievable uh, that it continues to increase uh, no matter what. They continue to shoot. They continue to kill. They continue to maim. And it's and they don't care. They don't care who they hit. They don't care uh, if they shoot in a crowd or or catch you on the street in the dark. And it's it's very sad. It's sad. In fact, I call it a pandemic uh, because not only here in our city of Albany, but all over the United States, it's it's just terrible. But I'm concerned with what's going on here, and what's going on here right. is unbelievable. So what do you think is the root cause of this problem? If it's happening across the nation, there's got to be a bottom line. There's got to be one or two or maybe three particular issues that are causing all this to happen. What do you think? Well, starting locally, and and I think it applies uh, around the United States, is people are not happy. People are depressed. They are distressed. COVID didn't make it any better. They're not happy with the economy. They're not happy with the uh, their financial situations, their family situations. They're not happy with the way our government is run. So there's a lot of unrest in people. And then, you know, you, you, you add mental health with that. You, have, you add anger. You add antisocial behavior. You you add um, a, a a hate for authority figures like uh, policemen and those in charge of 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 keeping peace, keeping the peace. So mm-hmm. I think uh, you know wherever crimes are happening, Cynthia, they're happening by human beings. They're they're happening happening by people who have hatred or maybe racism in them or just cold blooded. Uh, don't care about other people's lives. They're antisocial, and I think that can apply all over the United States. But when you bring it back here to our city, our own city have a lot of unrest and unhappiness and discontent, and the policemen uh, is fighting against the people. The people don't like the way our police department is doing. They don't like the way our mayor is doing. They don't like so many things that are going on in the city and uh, the pandemic 
hurt a lot of people. Kids were not in school. Antisocial uh, uh, mm-hmm. behavior begin to show up um, because they, you know, they were loving their schoolmates and very tangible touching and talking and playing together, and that left and, you know, it caused a lot of family problems that were already there that made, that became worse. So there are a lot of things that, that that's happening inside the hearts of people, and I think uh, – trying to change it through law enforcement, trying to change it through more force against force or fighting fire with fire is not going to change it. It's a human issue. You got to get into people's heads. You got to get into their hearts. You got to get into why they're doing it, not so much why we think they're doing it, but to find out why from them, from from the perpetrators, the uh, or from the potential perpetrators, why? What's going on with them? So, yeah, many, many different reasons. But you think one of the bottom lines is COVID? I think the increase could possibly, uh, uh, COVID could possibly have something to do with that because, remember, COVID changed our lives drastically. The way the way we live, the way we play, the way we worship our and our different religions, the way we shop, the way we um, deal with our loved ones. Remember, people couldn't even visit their loved ones. There was such a scare thing going on that we were afraid of each other. And so, when you have kids, uh, you know, I read some stories uh, during this COVID period that parents were had had to shoot their own kids because they told them to stay in the house uh, because they didn't want them bringing COVID back in the house. And in a few of the situations, the teenager came up against the parent, and, and the parent is so afraid of getting COVID that um, th- th- he shot his stepson to keep him out of the house shot and killed him because they stood on coming in the house. So a lot of fear and anxiety and the of the unknown of this disease and relationships breaking up and uh, parents not letting their kids in the house uh, coming from different events. Uh, remember when the, the children went to a uh, school summer something out in Florida and many of them came back home and their parents wouldn't let them in because they didn't practice a safe uh, behavior. And so, yeah, I think a lot of stress and a lot of anger came out of COVID. And um, if you were already having mental problems, if you were already feeling alone, if you were already antisocial, if you were already on the edge, and these problems surmounted uh, in your life and you started feeling alienated alone, yeah, I think that that could be a part of the problem for the increase in crime around uh, Albany and in uh, other uh, states. Now, remember, gun violence is the number one at the top of the list now, but don't forget there are rapes, there are other crimes going on, uh, robberies, burglaries, burglaries, increase in domestic violence, assault. Uh, um, so, yeah, things have gotten pretty pretty bad in Albany 
as well as other other places. But we got to do something about it here in our own city, and and try to bring improvement. Right, right. Um, Kathy Sheehan, the mayor, has been taking a lot of criticisms for the way she's handling the gun violence. Um, if you were to become mayor. What approach would you take? Would you take a different approach than what uh, Kathy Sheehan has taken? I'm sure. I'm sure that I would have taken. I would take a different approach. Uh, number one, uh, you have to be transparent and honest. You have to uh, be accountable. You you have to be responsible for uh, what decisions you've made and what comments you've made and what. Uh, the way you led your police force or, or sanctioned or agreed with things that affected the community in a negative way. You have to be accountable for that. Uh, number one, um, I heard her say um, just recently, and I couldn't believe she said it, decreasing. And I had to rewind it to see if that's what she said. So you have to be in touch with what's going on in your city. Crime is not decreasing. If some crimes, maybe she, I don't know, some crimes in some areas have lowered a little bit, but the major crime of gun violence has not gone down, and that's what the person was asking about. So I think if I were in place, uh, first of all, I get people together. Remember I told you people are committing these crimes. So you got to get to the the, the the heads, the heads, the mentality of the people. You got to talk to people. You got to uh, engage people. You got to engage their parents, engage the community leaders, engage the uh, ministers, the churches, engage the political people. No one group is going to do this. We all have to get together as one. Not one pocket over here trying to do a little something, a little group over here trying to do something, and you got your little committee and your little rally. No, we got to stop that. And I would call for uh, a coming together of all types of people. You know, um, people don't like me saying this, but it is black on black crime. It is African Americans killing African Americans. And when Kathy Sheehan called in the, uh, went to the governor to call in the state police, so we have legal guns in town against illegal gun toters. And um, I was concerned that it would be a increase in, and you know, when they uh, spot you because you're black, stop you because you're uh, looking suspicious and uh, stop you because your windows are tinted, stop you because you got a hood, stop you because you're just simply a black or brown person, uh, how's that going to work in here? And you already see that them coming in hasn't stopped or slowed the crime of gun violence at all. So I would get people together because you have to get to their minds and talk with them. Talk. I, I tried hard to get to Albany County Jail as a minister to talk to some of the perpetrators, not to ask anything uh, in depth, but just to, to ask them what was going on in their mind at the time to, to show them that I'm interested in 
and, and helping the community. And but I just haven't been able to get through. Uh, they don't. They haven't been answering the phone down there at the Albany County Jail. But these are the type of things I would do. I would get to the young people and talk to them about crime and and gang gangs and being the the peer pressure of people trying to recruit young people into gangs at young ages. I would. Uh, talk with the school, go in there and talk with, have an assembly and talk with them and try to rebuild uh, a relationship and communities between the black community, that is, and the police. You know, we need reform here in Albany. We need tough, uh, um, we need tough in the sense of I see this. I, I, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to work with the mayor to deal with it rightfully, talk to people, sit people down before we go in tearing up stuff and uh, going in like a bulldozer to fix a problem that is not going to be fixed that way. So there's a lot. I'm just a different type of person, you know. You know, I get, I could talk with the black community. I could talk their language. I could talk with the white community. I can relate to anybody on any level, and I think that's what we need. I'm not afraid to walk all through the the, the black community and, and say, look, hey, come on, we got to get it together. So I think that what I would bring to the mayor's office is a whole different uh, perspective, innovation, new, new ideas, and uh, work with people who feel the same and, and will come up with some real good, good practices and plans to change the mindset of our people. Um, when I say our people, the city, not just African-Americans and, uh, and people of color, but to change all, to, to lift the morale of all of us. We all need hope, Cynthia. We need hope that things are going to get better, that we do, that, that, that we are not just a citizen of hopeless people allowing a few law lawless people to put us all in a tizzy and make us want to stay in our houses you know no we can't do that so as as mayor i would just really work on that line uh to to try to change things in our city so last week when you when you uh were interviewed by the TV stations, and you you talked about black and black crime, and I thought that was pretty bold. Um, did did you get any pushback from the black community for that statement? Uh, well, I I got um, yeah, I got uh, what do you what do you, what do you call it? passive aggressive pushback, and and I call that, I say it that way because no one called. No one, you know, I didn't hear from any leader, any politician. I didn't hear from any minister. I hadn't heard from any community leader uh, with an organization or not. But I did hear that this little group was doing a little something, and that little group was trying to organize something for anti-gun violence. And and not, that's the same old things we have done for years that don't work, that hasn't worked, and it never will work. Because we're out there marching the, the ones that has nothing to do with the crimes. We're out there marching, and, 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 and these 
um, little groups that are not effective and not trying to reach out to the people who can help change the dynamics of the city. We have to reach out to the the, the victim uh, parents and family members and talk with them. They know they have feelings. They they have uh, memories that uh, things they may have heard that they can come out and and speak about. I think that you can't ignore the perpetrators. You have to talk to them too and and get into their their minds and see if they if they will talk and. You know, some of them are repentant, and some of them are really sorry for what they did. And many are not, I'm sure, but those who were willing to say, well, you know, I, I did that, I got angry because of that, or, you know, my mom kicked me out, or, 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 or they, this guy punched me in my face, so I went and got a gun to retaliate, you know, to, to, to try to find out uh, what's going on because, like I said, human beings are doing this, and you're not going to stop them from doing their antisocial behavior if you do not start dealing with their mentality and get into their heads about why they're doing it. Because I guarantee you this, Cynthia, if one person is going to expose why they did something and be transparent about their crime, I bet there are 10 or so others who thought the same way that person did. So as you go down the line and find out these information and include these people, uh, all people, you know, we have to have the police involved. You know, they have some intel that that we all can put together and, and sit down at the meeting table and really come up with some things, workable solutions uh, that will change the situation in Albany, not only with gun violence, but with many things, that this is the same process that I would like to use in how in housing, getting better housing, and getting um, the budget uh, that a community written budget, budgets for what people need, um, not not frivolous things, budgets, the the money that I think thirteen million or however million that we're building the skyline. People are saying it's being built in a neighborhood that is really not going to benefit from it and that that money could have been uh, directed in other areas to to help uh, inner city people and, and other neighborhoods who need so much as well. So, so you know, it, it, it's, this whole city needs to change through and through. And I think that I am able to sit in that seat and sit with the people and we come up with something and get this, this city back on the upswing and get the city a place where people want to visit again to to get something that uh, things that they want to visit to see to improve you know I love New York we need a I love Albany and and give people a reason to right. love Albany and keep the population right. coming back up because a lot of people have moved out right you know, so so there's so much we can do and I don't think the present administration can do it because you have to have that in you. You have to have the innovation. You have to have the the empathy, the uh, ideas and, and, and thoughts. You have to think outside of the box, and I don't think that that's happening in this present uh, administration. 
So um, I'm so glad I'm talking to you, Valerie. Um, Are you having fun with your campaign? Fun? As in (laughs) F-U-N? You betcha, yep. Well, let me tell you this. Um, I have learned... I've always known I've been re- I'm a resilient person. I always knew that I was a, a a super positive person. I always knew that I was a jump back on my feet if I got knocked down person. But I really understood with all the things in this campaign. You know, so much tragedy. You know, I lost my daughter during this campaign. I got mm-hmm. sick during this campaign and was hospitalized. I lost my mother during this campaign. Um, mm-hmm several other members of my family and my campaign crew were sick, and um, I couldn't make it to a lot of the invites or, um, the you know, to, to see if someone, a group would endorse me. In fact, I was interviewed for uh, by the Firemen Association. I made the first appointment, but by the second appointment, my mom died, and I couldn't go to the second one. So that knocked me right out of the running to be endorsed by them. So I've had a lot of setbacks and a lot of uh, reasons to quit, but that's not me. I am not that person. And I believe that uh, Albany needs a change, and I am a viable uh, a viable change for them to, to look at and to vote for. <clears throat> so I, I stayed in the race in spite of it all. I'm handicapped, so I am still finding some joy in it, and the joy is this, if you could call it fun. The joy is this, that I'm still standing. In spite of it all, I'm still standing, and that's the type of mayor we are going to need, one who can still function and stand and go forth and work during adversity. And because life is going to throw it at you, and you got to deal with it, and you have to still function, and you have to still go forward. You have to still persevere, but my strength comes from God, so I am so glad, you know, that. Um, so so in a sense, yeah, because it's like um, uh, you're still here. You're, with all that has happened, you're still in the race, and you're still doing the best you can, although you're 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 behind, but you're in it. You lost some uh-huh. ground, but you're in it. So yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's a, a, an interesting question, and so um, and you know some other things I've been through that has handicapped my campaign, but we won't go into that. Um, so, so let me <laughs> ask you this, Valerie. We talk we uh, the newspapers and TV and and radio talk a lot about gun violence, but there's more issues in Albany that are important. Uh, What other issues do you feel are important in the city of Albany that people should be aware of when they go to vote in the primary? Well, they they should be aware of uh, the the level of a lack of fairness in how the money, the budget is spent to to help the various communities. I think they should be aware that um, we want to uh, our housing to improve. Now, in uh, the things that I'm about to say, 
our mayor has begun to do some of those things. She has been talking about improving housing. She has been talking about, it, it almost looks like she looked at what her contenders, her her um, people were saying, and uh, myself and other people who are running or was running, uh, looked at what we were saying and then started trying to do some of those things or at least start talking on some of those things like housing and uh, businesses uh, uh, and economics, um, fairness, transparency, uh, you know, all of the things that we we need in, in this city. So the things that I'm about to say, she has of late started talking about them. But, yes, housing is a big uh, um, fair fair housing, affordable housing, decent housing at decent prices, Um, how the code enforcement people will treat a landlord or treat a tenant and how that they are unfair and have such leeway in who they may want to help and not help. If you are looking for a business or you are looking for a space, there are powers from City Hall that can stop you from getting the property that you need. Um, I think that also the problem with with um, youth, there's so many different sections. Uh, you know, there's youth programs around, but I think they could be more effective if we would just work together, bring those youth programs together and see what they are duplicating, see what uh, is not working and get together because our youth has to be, they really have to be brought together and talked to and mm-hmm. taught, not just talked to, but taught uh, how to think and how to think in the sense of crime, policemen, uh, politics, uh, teach them how to be ready to be our future leaders. So I think more should be done in the area of our youth but most of all, I think the people should know, and I think they already know this, that communication with City Hall is not good. They need to know that we really don't have a transparent City Hall. Even in some of the things I've been trying to find out and as I learned about what goes on there and the Common Council and the relationship between the mayor and the um and what they do and the decisions they make and how they make them, you you can't find a whole lot of information on there. So there's not a lot of transparency, but I would like to run a city hall where it's very transparent that people can know what we are trying to do with the budget and how we're trying to do with the budget. What are we trying to do to bring business in in the city and help them to open up and help them to be sustained instead of doing uh, putting crossroads in front of them that block them or um, so yeah there's a lot that and I'm sh- sure I don't even have to say a lot of things because I learned a lot of uh, problems that people felt this city was full of and that they want to change to make things better an opportunity an opportunity to have a choice to choose someone else and and they have that choice they have that choice 
So we, we just need to about out of, we're just about out of time, Valerie. So if anybody's listening who wants to become part of your campaign, uh, be a volunteer, uh, donate some money, or wh- whatever, how could they reach you? Well, they could reach me on my Facebook, uh, on my Facebook uh, campaign page. They can reach me at um, our. The number is on. All that information is on that campaign page. The email. Okay. You can e- Yeah, they could email me at, and I'm going to tell them that in a minute at um, South. Oh. I don't know if I heart, but anyway, but go on the on the campaign page, and you'll have okay. all that information how to reach. Because we do need you to volunteer. This is we're we're in the crunch now. We do need finances. We do need you to get lawn signs. Our lawn signs are uh, are here, and we want to get them out. So let me know if you want a lawn sign. Uh, go okay. to the website and a message, and we'll okay, get back great. to you. And, and thank you, Cynthia, so much for the opportunity. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Valerie Fouse, who's uh, a uh, mayoral candidate in the city of Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Valerie, good luck, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.